Uh, this episode on Ruin My Life, Jason ruins my life with the melodies and stories of Warren Zevon. <laughs> You're listening to Fresh Air. <laughs> I'm Terry Gross. <laughs> God, I wish. I would trade you in in a second if I could get Terry Gross on here. I would let you. Hey. Hey. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Jason. Oh, I gave it away. Hi, I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. This is Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing the people you love to love the things you love and doing it all out of love. And ruining their lives in the process. Do you like that? I came up with that today. Do but, you like that? But in, in, in a lovely way. In a lovely <laughs> way. It's a, it's, a, it's a lovely ruining. It's a lovely... The Lovely Ruining. That's my favorite Victorian era novel. Right. The, the Lovely, lovely Ruining. The Lovely Ruins. <laughs> the Lovely Ruins. Actually, it's more like a modern day Harlequin style romance. Lovely Ruins. The Lovely Ruining. The Lovely Ruining. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's sexy. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sexual. Like it's, yeah. It, yeah. It, does it sound too tragic? Maybe. Mm. So how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm normally here, so you're, you're you know, usually that's here. Pretty excited. You could just as uh, easily be welcoming me to the podcast. Yeah, we've run through the main premise already, I guess, right? Yeah, so. yeah, ruining ruining our friends' lives with things that we love because they've ruined our lives. Not our friends, the things. Yeah, the things, the things, a thing you love it's so much. Complicated. Is that, was that you say, are we saying too much? What? You think we're saying too much? No, I'm just trying to figure out if the 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 ruining aspect is too complicated for people to understand it's a subtle it's a subtle it's subtly ironic okay sounds good um which That's pe- subtly ironic yeah su- subtly <laughs> ir- and people respond very well to subtle irony in titles i've totally typically speaking typically what really reaches out and grabs people is when things are the meaning is very subtly altered jason what are you ruining my life with today well i, I decided to share a little thing with you well not 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 a thing so much that's probably the wrong word to use you're right but the musical work <laughs> of Warren Zevon, okay. singer, songwriter, dead human person. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that, but... Oh, did you not know that? No, I feel like I knew that because that's how I knew that second song. Yeah, Keep Me In Your Heart is all yeah. about how he's about to die. He, yeah. He finished recording it like three days before he died. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. When... Tell me, Jason. When did you first um, get into Warren Zevon's music? Um, it was, I think, actually right after he died. I don't know how I found out he existed because I was 14 at the time. I guess 13 when he died, actually. But for some reason, I, I got a hold of this, this, the, his name, and I was like, this sounds really cool. I think I'm really into this guy. And my parents, you know, supporting, encouraging as they always are, bought me a bunch of his CDs for my birthday. Aww. And this is the point in time when I was actually... Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great, great folks. Great, great A people. Great A people. Real salt of the earth, my, my parents. And so I had these CDs, and this is back when I rode the bus to school. Right. And I had... And this, of course, is pre-iPod. So you had a Discman. I had, I had a Discman that I kept oh, in my backpack. Man. And I would, and I would you know, bust it out I'm on the bus. I'm hoping that our, viewer, our, our listeners are old enough to know what we're talking about right now. 
the disc man, the idea of a disc man is pretty. You can get to that. Like, you can get to that. What's CD, an, what's CDs an, are still around, right? Yeah, they still <laughs> sell CDs. Like go to any, go to Target or Best Buy, and you can still see CDs, which yeah. is weird. Which is totally weird. Who has CDs anymore? I, I used to buy. I bought CDs until Sarah broke the CD player in my car. That makes sense. And I had that pretty much gave it up after that. Yeah. But for people whose uh, fiancés didn't break their <laughs> CD changer, I imagine there's still a use for CDs. But so I had this, like, it's 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 very retro now to think about it. Yeah. Um, but it's retro in a very 90s way, but this was 2004 yeah. or 2003. Yeah. Because I had my backpack and I had my, like, Discman in the backpack. Did you have my, a special pocket for it? I did not. It was just, it was just <laughs> clanging around in there with, like, Four or five CDs at a time. Yeah. Because I like to have a lot of options when I was going to school. Yeah. Because I, I would listen to an album on my way to school and then on the way home again. I remember I, I had my Discman and it was really great for a while. And then then it got to a point where I had to hold it level for it to play yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like sit, sit with it on my hand like a serving dish. Because the Discman took, took a real beating and, and your CDs all, also took a real beating. Yeah. Like the jewel cases that these CDs came in did not last no. maybe a week before no. they were cracked and destroyed. But it was, so that was, also, like, the, my rotation in, in freshman year of high school was either um, Warren Zevon albums or Talking Heads CDs. Oh, wow. I was very hip in, in early, early <laughs> high school. Very, very hip. It's funny, because you know me now, you know how unhip I am in every single way. You're hip in, in different ways. Not, well, not, in terms of music, I'm as, as, as uncool as you could possibly get. Yeah, that's and not, true. And not even uncool in an aggressively, and like, statement sort of way. Unironically just, uncool. Yes, just... <laughs> Unintentionally uncool. Like, my interests yeah. are just very, very, very lame. We'll probably talk about Carly Rae Jepsen at some point. Oh, yeah, we should. We should. I Ooh. mean, I liked Carly Rae Jepsen, but I didn't really... Scrap, kn- scrap this episode. Scrap I didn't really, it. I didn't really know Carly Rae Jepsen before Emotion. <laughs> scrap it. What, well, could we draw a line from Warren Zevon to Carly Rae Jepsen? Maybe. Probably not in terms of production style or musicality. No. Or voice or subject matter. Is he American? He, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, are they both Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been, been so sweet. <laughs> anyway, so you're on the bus to school, got your Warren Zevon albums, and you're talking head albums, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Um, I was a little pretentious little jerk in You were weaving a beautiful tale of uh, I just your more, pretentious asshole. More just setting the stage for the person I am today and why I'm so obnoxious. <laughs> I knew I could, we could do this episode because I knew I could talk about Warren Zevon for mm-hmm. some, to some degree. Because I've been listening to his music since then, pretty much constantly. Not constantly, you know what I mean. Not yeah, not twenty four no, like, hours a day, every day. But it's, it's like it's been, always in rotation. Yeah, it's always in there. But I knew it would be sort of hard for me to talk about him as a uh, his songs as songs because mm-hmm. I listen to them so much, mm-hmm. and it, it's such a, a, a pretty early point in my musical mm-hmm. development that it's hard for me to even really see them as songs or mm-hmm. re- things that exist outside of my brain. Yeah, does that make sense? Do yeah, you, do no, I, like I, that? I think I understand that. Like, yeah. I mean, I think I probably feel similarly about the Dixie Chicks, mm, yeah, um, which yeah. we have discussed and probably will discuss <laughs> oh, hopefully. on the podcast, like in that it, there's a very, very um, emotional, neurological connection yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. music and not necessarily one song or the other, like there's songs that I like better than others, but like I couldn't be like, these are the songs I like. I could, I'd be like, no, you just have to listen to all of this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all very important to me <laughs> yeah, yeah so i think i think i get it <laughs> yeah i sort of tried to avoid that when i made the uh warren Zevon playlist for you yeah 
why did it it get to that place where you can't like separate it from your psyche? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you asked, Kelsey, and not just because I wrote those questions. <laughs> I think I mean I think the questions were a group effort. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, but you I proposed you, the questions and you just wrote the questions were your idea. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you 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 get credit for the entire idea of having questions in the podcast. So way to go. Yeah, it's a good way to go. You'll, you'll get the story. You'll get the story by credit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, as in many things in, in my youth, a lot, I'm sure a lot of it just comes with wanting to be different. Because I, I didn't know anyone in my entire life. My my parents knew who Warren Zevon was, obviously, because mm-hmm. they knew enough about him to point me towards him. But it, no one else my age or in like any social group I was aware of was listening to Warren Zevon. So it was it was. It was, it was I'm sure there was an attraction there of like, oh well, mm-hmm. aren't I special? Yeah. And also, his music's very dark. There's a lot of yeah. dark humor in it. Yeah. I, I sort of tried to give front load you with most of the um, not the not uh, all the darkness, but I have to say the first song that came up on my shuffle was Genius, and I was like, oh, I get why Jason likes this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really genius. I mean, it's a great one. I just I, I was like, it's all about like a misunderstood smart person. Oh no! Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Oh no! Why am I like this? Oh, that's awful to hear about myself. Uh, that I that I have that that, that no, I, I totally agree with you. I but, mean, I think you're very aware that you have very very um, you're very aware in your personality that you like have these traits that are very much associated with like middle class white dudes, and you're very aware of that, which most people <laughs> aren't. <laughs> but they're still part of your personality, and I think I think some of the songs definitely uh. I feel like I'm feel like I'm back in therapy. Speak to that. <laughs> and by back, I mean five days ago. Oh, it's been five days. Um, How often do you go? Once, once a week. Once a week, yeah. It's a um. It's more a than of... me. And I really should be going more. Uh, <laughs> you should go. Uh, um, anyway, take care of yourself. Um. But I mean, self care is important. Self care is important. <laughs> if you learn anything from this podcast, please let it be that. Why does it resonate with you now? Because I feel like you're not necessarily in that place now yeah. <laughs> of the, I have to be different. You're like, oh. Ho- hopefully less so, at least. So hopefully at I've least. matured someone in the reading, oh, 12 years. Mm. Um, so is there a reason it, it, it stayed with you? Because mm. part of the, what originally drew me to it was the novelty. Mm-hmm. Like songs like uh, Excitable Boy or, mm-hmm. or, or, or Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. Or, I enjoyed that one. He has a lot of songs about, you know, very, you know, there's there's sort of a a humorous, ironic bent on very dark or unseemly activities. That's what sort of drew me to it originally, because that's like, that was my first time hearing anything like that. And Mm -hmm. it was sort of, maybe not mind-blowing, but definitely like, well, I've never heard music sound like this before. And it's it's not like joke novelty music. Yeah. Because it's funny, he's very much rooted in a kind of music I'm not crazy about, which is... 70s soft folk. rock. I'd say folk. Well, yeah, folk. He once described himself as a heavy metal folk singer. I can see that. Which is a fantastic description. There's something sort of Woody Guthrie about him, though. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Oh. Not on the list of questions. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you think that you can draw a line from Warren Zevon to the Mountain Goats in your musical oh. taste? Because that was where I went, but I didn't know which came first for you. Mm. It definitely was the uh, Warren Zevon and yeah. the Mountain Goats till late in late in college. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is, that is there. Yeah. That is there because it's um. I think it's a very similar musical style. Yeah, there um. Well, some of it. He he he. Warren Zevon sort of spanned a very wide array of musical styles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the first 
Born to Be an Album, he's recording with like Jackson Brown. Half of the Eagles are on the first album. What? There, yeah, there's a lot of like that '70s California rock style in that first yeah. album, and then he makes you get to which you hate. Which I I, I don't like the Eagles. I actually, I actually like Jackson Brown pretty well. Um, uh, his music anyway. It's it's sort of literary in the same way, although yeah, yeah Mountain Goats, as I said, is is more literary. It's it's more it's much more focused on the lyrics. Whereas Born to Be on like you know, was a multi-instrumentalist. He played guitar, he played piano. He was much more focused on the sound of his albums than I'd say it's fair to say John Darnielle is. Yeah. But there is sort of that, yeah, you, 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 he pursues characters that yeah. otherwise would get overlooked in, in songwriting. I mean, I think for me that was the thing that I was most drawn to was because I mm. love the Mountain Goats also. Oh, obviously. <laughs> um, obviously. Um, and would, I think the, the, the storytelling aspect was what I most enjoyed about mm-hmm. listening yeah. to it. Um, and, and I am not a very like musical person, so maybe I don't have the appreciation of the like multi instrument like sound. I, I'm not really either. Like my <laughs> my instant draw towards any song is always going to be the lyrics first, and mm-hmm. then if I, I mean, you know, the instrumentation and that sort of stuff will hit me in the same way it hits anyone. Just mm-hmm. the way you hear it, and you react to it a certain way. But if mm-hmm. I, I have to give something a lot of attention to sort of be able to dig down to that level at all. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think what sort of holds up to me about Warren Zevon even nowadays is that, it's, like I said, it's not just novelty. They're like very well written songs. Mm-hmm. They're catchy. Very catchy. Yeah. And they're not all about just like. Which I don't know if you can say about the Mountain Goats. <laughs> uh, I, I would say they are, but maybe not for the reason that most songs are considered catchy. Yeah. Anyway. It's it's not just like the novelty of oh he wrote a song about a, a sociopath who, yeah. who, who 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 murders a girl and digs up digs up her bones. Yeah. Which has obvious appeal to someone like me. Yeah. Let's forget I said that. that, that, that <laughs> Let's forget that, I said that, that. That didn't come out the way I wanted to at all. I mean, I... What I, what I mean is I enjoyed dark subject matter, like yeah. macabre. Which, macabre. I, macabre. I, I, I love, I love me a good murder ballad. You love the macabre? Oh, yeah, murder ballads are great. Oh, they're the best. Oh. If you haven't ever, you need to go right now and listen to Ayuka by the Secret Sisters, which is my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. That's it's a, a good, good one. one. Is that how you say that name? I've Ayuka, never known it. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, say it as a song. That's good, yeah. <laughs> I just remember the first time I saw it written down on the uh, track list, and I was like, "How do you? What is that word?" Um, I U K A. It's really good. No, I love me a good murder ballad, and I enjoyed that about the playlist you put together yeah. for me. I yeah. was like, "Yes, there's a lot of good." ballady murder yeah. things on here <laughs> I, I sort of tried to push as much of that into there as I could just to yeah. give you an idea of like what makes Warren Zevon special mm-hmm. but he also wrote just a lot of songs about like your love love songs mm-hmm. and a lot of songs about you know being being sad or being heartbroken yeah. or just no, normal normal aspects of the human condition that don't involve murder or crime yeah although he wrote a lot of great songs about murder and crime I mean I love a good murder crime song exactly um no I, I'm very attracted to the sort of macabre aspects of, of things too and I think that that you and I have that in common. Yes. And um, and that was probably good when listening to this yeah. particular <laughs> playlist. Um, so my favorites from the playlist you sent me, which I don't know how many songs were on it, but I think it was about thirty was or forty. Um, it's a good amount. Uh, Mama couldn't be persuaded, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Which is sort of like I I love that sort of like old school country like. Talking about my mama song. Yeah, what is it? What is it that drew you to that? Because I, I saw, I almost didn't put that song on there, but last minute I thought, I think Kelsey would like this, but I wasn't sure why. I mean, I think, I think it's just like the tone of the song is is very much like rooted in a in a in a a mountain music yeah, place, yeah. which is very much 
where I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I love it, I love bluegrass, and I love I love. Um, emotionally, we should point out you don't live literally in the mountains. Emotionally, I live emotionally there. Yes, my and my lineage lives there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I think it was that that very much hmm. that that part of it really drew me to it. My favorite um, thing about that song is the line, um, they'd all be offended to mention still if they heard this song, which I doubt they will. <laughs> it's good. It's a good which, line. Which I've gone to often when I'm um, yeah. writing something inspired by, shall we say, true events. Yeah, and then uh, Prison Grove, I really liked, which I think was newer. Like, The Wind was a newer album. The Wind was right? his last album. It was his last album. And I put Prison Grove on there. I like Prison Grove. I like a lot of songs on that album. Mm-hmm. But that album kind of makes me hate Billy Bob Thornton. Because he and Warren Zevon were very good friends. And Billy Bob Thornton is on that album a lot. Because Billy Bob... I'm just, I'm the, the actor, thing. Billy Bob Billy Thornton. Bob Thornton, yes, the actor. Has a second career as a, a bluegrass singer. Okay, not surprised, actually. Sort of like a less successful Steve Martin. Yeah. Because, I mean, you may have... I don't know, you, you must have missed this, where you um there was a... In, I guess, the mid-2000s, he sort of blew up at a reporter for asking him about his movie career. Because he went on to talk about his song, his uh, his music career. Billy Bob? Yeah, Billy, Billy Bob himself. I and did, it sort of blew up um, with the guy in a very creepy, intense Billy Bob way. But he's, his singing is not very good. It's very flat and uninteresting. That's awesome. And it's all over the wind. So it drives me nuts because it's a great album. But it's, you can't listen to a song like hearing Billy Bob Thornton's awful attempts at harmonizing. Oh, that's upsetting. Um, and then uh, Stop Rain and Lord. Those are my, my favorite. Really? That, those are three I almost didn't put on there. But I'm, I, I'm glad I had the sense to do it. Because <laughs> Stop Raining Lord is another, like, sort of... It's an older one because it was on his uh, a Rarities album. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's very sparse. It was very much a, a song that was about... It was, like, just guitar and him singing. Yeah. And I liked the, the lyrics and I liked the, the melody. Yeah. Um, that one would get stuck in your head, yeah. weirdly enough. Yeah. Out, out of all the ones, it's like some <laughs> a random... Uh, demo that got put on a, a posthumous release is yeah. one of his catchier songs. Yeah, um, doesn't surprise me that those were three that you you thought you might not put on, but um, it's funny because they're not. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt no, you. No, go for it. Uh, I because I, I, I see there's there's a definitely connecting thread between those three, where they all have sort of a um, old old school. Yeah, not old school. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's an old there's an. Uh, I think I think they're more rooted in the sort of 70s folk instead of the 70s rock. Um, which like obviously have connections. Yeah. But um, they're definitely more. They're they're among the most country adjacent. Yeah. Like bluegrass esque songs you yeah. record. Not blue. It's not bluegrass. You know what I mean. But you yeah, know what I, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's like it's it's very much like the old the old the classic country. Yeah. The, like Hank Williams yeah. and and Dolly yeah. Parton. And Pri- Prison Grove could could be a murder ballad because it's all about yeah. a guy who's about to be hanged for. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I think if the mark. tempo was different, it would be a murder yeah. ballad. But I forget the, the what you have to have to be a ballad. Is there a tempo? There's there's some there's some sort of rhyming scheme. There's there's some, a ballad is a very specific something. And oh I yeah. Don't know. We could look this up, but we're not that. I've, I've listened to a lot of murder ballads, but I clearly, I clearly don't know yeah. a lot about them technically speaking. Um, four line stanzas in of alternating lines of iambic. Or tetrameter, iambic tetrameter, or an iambic trimeter. So eight syllables, then six syllables. In stanzas of four. Okay, so it's it's not that. It's not that. Anyway, that was a short jaunt into 
classic poetry forms. <laughs> live action, real time research being conducted. Right here on the podcast. By our resident historian, Kelsey Goldman. From Wikipedia. From Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope there were some citations in that bad boy. There were, actually. I was about to go on a mini rant about how the uh, production of Warren Zevon's albums in the, the last, the second half of his career really failed him. Why? Because he went away for a while after he made The Envoy. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he made, um, well, actually he came back five years later with the, it's funny, Sentimental Hygiene is in the same way that, but on his self-titled album, there's a lot of backing musicians who are part of the 70s rock scene, like mm-hmm. the Eagles are on there, yeah. Jackson Brown's on there, like mm-hmm. I said. His backing band for Sentimental Hygiene is literally R.E.M. <laughs> I don't That's, know. I don't. I don't know their names because I'm not a huge think, REM fan. Uh, Michael Stipe is he? Michael Stipe is the singer. He's not on there though. <laughs> it's, it's like the rhythm. It's the rhythm section and the guitarist are both. That 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 was his backup band. That's so weird. That is not a band I would have. No right. It's pushed it, together with Warren Zevon. But the production is so 80s. It's very sort of airless and sort of sterile and and not very lively. That's upsetting. And the same thing happens in uh, Transverse City, which is the most like late 80s sounding album possible were there any um uh the the, the the titular song on there okay and uh uh, uh run straight down yeah okay. and uh, they i remember the that moon one. yeah splendid, splendid isolation is on there actually though i liked that splendid one isolation is a great one that doesn't yeah. really fit with the sound of that album yeah but then you get to like my 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 biggest problem is my rides here which is a really good album it was his second is the, the second to last before he died mm-hmm where some I don't for some reason I the did produ- not like that song though. Uh, yeah. No. No, it didn't. didn't I thought it was a little lazy. A little lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chorus is just him saying that over and over again. Yeah. Part of the reason it stuck out to me is that there's a lot of references to um, historical figures that I didn't understand when I was a kid. Oh. So I was it had an air of mystery about it. Like yeah. I didn't know who Shelley and Keats were when I was fourteen. So someone dropping a Shelley and Keats reference is, is gonna is like, what what is this? What is that? Mysterious. Mm. But that album is full of some for some reason the producer decided to run his voice through this awful vocal processing. I noticed that, yeah, and is. I was like, is it like auto tune? Yeah, it's basically auto tune. And I was like, this is not what I because it was one of the that was one of the first ones I listened to. Yeah, Genius was, is, has that has yeah that has problem. that yeah. same auto tune, and I was like, this is weird. Is it all gonna be like this? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, he hadn't been diagnosed with. Um, I think, I think he died of mesothelioma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died of some sort of, some form of cancer. Yeah. I don't think, he, and it was a lung cancer too. Yeah. So it obviously affected his voice, but I don't think they he, I don't think he'd been diagnosed at that point. But clearly, yeah. his voice was starting to go a little bit. But like, and the, someone had the idea, I guess, to make it. Well, you know, it'll fix it if we auto tune it, and it sounds it, uh, just it's. I hate it's it. It's really awful. It makes me so angry. And the so wind angry. isn't like that. The song's no, from like, and he sounds fine. Yeah, because yeah, we, I mean, he's, he's he's older. His voice was never. You know the the big draw about him, but it's yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's like a lot of artists from that era whose like songwriting yeah was more important than their vocal their ability, vocal ability yeah. which is weird because <laughs> I feel like artists from now don't get that. Well, the yeah, the whole music industry is so wildly different now. I guess yeah. that's part of it. There's no room for that sort of person in yeah in mainstream radio. But I feel like there's so there's so many artists from that era who like maybe don't have like the <laughs> most amazing voice. I mean, the other, the uh, one I jumped to immediately is a, is a person. Is Mr. Joel? Because um, for me, it's Billy Joel. <laughs> Mr. Joel also, his voice is not great. I think his voice has actually gotten better with age. Me too. So it's, it's very sort of like thin in the yeah. early recordings. But, but he, like, he used on, it well. Yeah, later, but later on it gets very, you know, it gets a little mm-hmm. bit deeper a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very young. Uh, he's very young. He gets a little yeah. bit grittier. Yeah. And you need that with a Billy Joel song. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, but who man. were you going to say? Uh, Randy Newman. Yeah. Who was another artist who was like a, a 70s, not not an ironic, I, I, ironist? Is ironist a word? Like an, someone who uses irony? Yeah, maybe making that up. Pretty sure uh, that's not a thing. He has a, <laughs> he has a similar style, though, is my being my point. And also is not a very good singer. Yeah. But uh, no, like the production and then the production on Mutineer, which that I didn't is, put it. It is a thing. <laughs> How would you say that, though? Ironist? Ironist? It sounds, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a machinist, like it's someone who works in iron. Anyway. Anyway. So I just had this constant frustration that the uh, the second half of Born's Yuvon's career is full of albums that are poorly produced and yeah. that there's um, no way to fix that. They couldn't be remastered? I don't think they ever will be, though. I don't think there's enough interest, especially because a lot of his um, albums in the middle of his career didn't sell very well. Mm. He did He did very well early on, then people sort of... His, his his middle albums are not. I mean, I, I like them a lot, mm-hmm. but there's certainly if you weren't a fan, you wouldn't. Yeah, seek I, them out. I didn't give you anything from Mutineer because it's weirdly recorded. You can hear the the title track on Mutineer is my favorite, but you can hear uh, there's the 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 background, there's the music, and then his his vocal has been recorded so strangely that there's like a staticky popping effect whenever his vocals come in and you can hear it going away as if someone it's had like so a bad weird. track from rock band and like they only had uh, one time to record the vocals they only went over it once it's terrible that's upsetting um so yeah but it's sort of like when you have that sort of deep um fandom for an artist yeah sort of the joy of it in a way if you're a fan of an artist with a long catalog of songs is that you can sort of get into the stuff that's not so good but still has that element of what you liked about them in the first place yeah i see it yeah i get it that's why I'm saying that um, The Envoy is a good album. Okay. I'm sure that will make, <laughs> they'll start fights with other people on the internet, but I have Oh, no yeah, this, 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 this is a shots are being fired right now in the thriving Warren Zevon <laughs> fan community. <laughs> oh, there's a whole section of Tumblr devoted to Warren Zevon lyrics and gifts and... Hmm. There might be. There might be. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the age, um, the age demographic works out right there. I imagine most of the people who... Still like ones Yvonne are older white men. Probably. Uh, and older white women. But I've, I've only met one other person in my life who was like playing a Warren's Yvonne album without me goading them into it. <laughs> and it was my friend Steven's dad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I sort of already asked you. Um, oh, I guess, we, no, I skipped over this entirely. Did you have any prior preconceptions about Warren's Yvonne? I know we mentioned, um. you may have mentioned earlier you only knew... I only thought I knew one song, which was Keep Me In Your Heart, which I have, which I own. Really? Yes. The song? I, yeah. Like, on your computer? Yeah. Why? Just that song? Just that song. I think it was, because I'm pretty sure it came out, you said, like, what, 2003? Yeah, like, yeah, 2003. Was a time in my life when I watched a lot of VH1. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I know where this is going. And I feel like it was on, like, like Elvis Costello or someone was on something, like, right after he died. Like, right, not Elvis Costello, right before Warren Zevon died. <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> oh, my God. Was still alive, guys. Still alive. Oh. And he played that song, and I really enjoyed the song, so I went and bought it. Oh, Oops. Elvis Costello, like, played the song? Yeah. Oh, I that was some, that pretty was sure it was Elvis Costello. I was thinking, because VH1 aired a... Half hour, or possibly it was a half hour special about um, about Warren Zevon recording the wind. Yeah, I don't think Elvis Costello oh, was involved it was though. That. I remember something associated but with Elvis that, Costello that, and Warren Zevon. Um, I'm I'm certain that they were friends. Yeah, um, I think it is. In the, I watched a lot of VH1 at that age. This Me too. Was, you know, back huh, when VH1 was same. like about music. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and also about remembering the 80s. And also about remembering and, and loving 70s. and loving the 80s and the 70s and the 90s. And then the 80s again. And then the, and the 80s 70s comes. again. And then the 80s again. And, and then, then the 90s again. And then... No, wait. And then I think we went to, like, the aughts, maybe? I don't know what's on VH1 now. What's on VH1 now? I, I, I know they have that, that show that's dating naked. You see that, that ad in the city a lot? What? Have you seen this? <laughs> no. The oh, ad- is that where they have the, the sun's, sun's out, out buns, buns out? out. Yeah. Sun's out, buns out. This show has been brought to you by VH1. VH1. <laughs> did, you, did you, like, um, did you wake up in the morning and, like, turn on VH1 to watch music videos before yes. you went to school? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Same. <laughs> Same. Yes. And, and it was always weird because it was, like, not the MTV like videos that were it was that was a very different like oh, yeah, demographic yeah. of yeah. videos and because my music taste was very different from I think in the same way probably yours was was very different from a lot of my friends in yes certainly in, in ninth grade yeah VH1 played a certain kind of it was always VH1 Jumpstart in the mornings so yeah MTV. Jumpstart yeah Jumpstart or if you're from really really emo there was always Fuse yeah but no it was I was all about VH1 and I liked the VH1 countdown on Saturday mornings heck yeah and not. Not TRL, like I never watched fucking TRL because I was never home at in the afternoon. I watched TRL in, in middle school a lot. Um, I was never home in the afternoon because I had activities. No, nope, not me. <laughs> Straight home. Put off your homework. Just throw on some TRL. <laughs> throw on some MTV. Make some toast no, and just I vibe loved, out, man. And I loved it. And it was very much. It was very much geared towards. I, I guess what at that time would have been like early twenties. People <laughs> who were in their early twenties, and I'm like you know thirteen. I would I would say VH1. Um, Jumpstart was more about like adult, uh, adult alternative contemporary. Yeah, is that the right term? Like, what, what, what kind of music would you say was on Jumpstart? I would say Matchbox Twenty. Yes, love me some Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> and then there's always the VH1. You gotta know. You ought to know. Artists. You ought to know artists. I found out a lot about a lot of people. Yeah, that a lot of people about. who went on to have not very long careers. Yeah, but then some people who went on to have pretty good careers. Man, we should do a whole episode about VH1. Oh, we should. I don't know. That doesn't fit How our would format. That work? I don't know. We I should. I mean, this is okay, a good gonna, tangent. This is a good tangent. We went on. I'm gonna pitch this. Nothing helps a tangent better than point out that it's a tangent. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pitch this to you. Whole new podcast. Whole new podcast. We scrapped this. It's just a podcast about us discovering the ways in which our lives have been exactly the same. <laughs> it's called. I mean, it's that's... called. It's called Same with Kelsey and Jason. Same. 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 <laughs> I feel like there's always gonna be one of those per episode, though. Yeah, probably. A same. This has been the same. Same. Uh, Sponsored by. We should probably get get that synchronized at some point. Same. Same. Sponsored by Double Mint Gum. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Or something. You think we get a a sponsorship deal with Double Mint Gum? That'd be pretty cool if we could. It's like it's like we're We're not twins. No, that's why that's why we're breaking new ground. Yeah. We are really close to twins, though. Are we? I mean, we're we're not actually, but we were. We have very similar personalities, and we're raised very similarly. And also, our birthdays are pretty close. I don't. I don't like where you're going with this. <laughs> um, emotional, H1. emotional twins. Emotional twins. Yeah, that's what we are. Emotional twins. Half of the ad will just be explaining the concept of non-twin <laughs> twins to people. <laughs> and then the end will say, "By the way, chew gum. Chew gum. We won't even say what kind of gum. Just chew gum." Um, if, you, if you reach for a pack of gum, you like there's like you know like a ten percent chance you'll get double mint anyway. So is like, it? is there? Do they still sell double mint gum? I don't know that they do. <laughs> I'm not sure Wrigley's is still in business. I mean, juicy fruit's still a thing. I think juicy fruit is still a thing. I think so. It's someone, the worst gum in the world. Someone gave me some juicy fruit the other day. Ah, oh, terrible! What did you do to them? I chewed it. 
It was bad. It lasted like 10 minutes and was like, nope, there's a siren going off. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear it? I, okay. I, I can hear it. Can I was, you hear it through the mic? Yeah. I thought maybe, <laughs> I thought maybe you couldn't hear it outside the mic, but I can definitely hear the siren. No. And we're a real podcast now. Yeah. We've been we, interrupted by sirens. Yeah. New York City. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, what up? Brooklyn. No. Yeah. There was this Elvis Costello connection is going to bother me because I, for some reason, when you said Warren Zevon, immediately thought of Elvis Costello. So I feel like there was some sort of connection there. Do you do you want to take a pause and Google it, or you just want to like just keep scrounging around in your I'm mind? Google it. You can Google it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find some better way to. We're gonna have to find some better way to sit during this thing. Yeah, it's the floor is not. The floor is not great. It, I feel like it did okay. I remember going better last time, but I'm I'm just I'm very uncomfortable down here, and I don't I think it's it's cutting off the flow to my comedy. Have organs. we? <laughs> No making excuses for not being funny, Jason. <laughs> oh, it's not you're how right. It works. You're right. Thank you for keeping me honest, Kelsey. Um. Uh, so can't find a relevant connection there about Elvis Costello, but for some reason they are associated in my brain. Anyway, did you have more questions for me? Did I have more questions for you? I did. Um, I feel like we sort of were talking about my preconceived notions. Did not know that he wrote or he performed Werewolves of London, which I knew for some reason. You, or you, I knew, know. you knew that song, but you didn't know him? I know that song, but I don't know why I know that yeah, That song. song sort of has its own life as like a novelty Halloween song. Yeah. Because Halloween has like two songs in, in the popular consciousness. Which are? Um, Werewolves of London and Monster Mash. Okay. And I would probably argue... In the recent past, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I don't know that song. You didn't watch 30 Rock? I did. Uh, not religiously. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Spooky. Scary. Men becoming boys. I don't know. <laughs> um, boys becoming men. I don't know what's happening right now. Are you are you just reciting a line from 30 Rock at me? Or is this... Boys becoming men. Men becoming wolves. <laughs> there was a whole thing with look, Tracy. Look, I like 30 Rock, but it's been a while. Oh. Uh, Okay. And there's the seven love seasons. Bar <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think you probably have a personal connection to werewolf bar mitzvah that I don't have, because I am not a werewolf. Did you, you have another question for? <laughs> <me>? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you're, you, we've done your preconceived notions. Yeah. They've been destroyed. They, I, dismantled. They, yeah, they totally dismantled. I did shot not realize. Into orbit. I guess I didn't realize when I heard that song back in 2003 that it was. That he had such a long and storied history yeah. in the music industry. He, I guess he is, in that sense, is sort of a one-hit wonder. A little I, bit. I would say he's a. I don't know. I don't know how well his other songs did commercially, but but yeah. that, that, that's the song that really. Yeah, because like you you could know Werewolves in London and not know Warren Zevon's name, yeah. which clearly is possible. Yeah, <laughs> right here, <laughs> it happened. Um, I think it's also there's something very. I don't even know if you will, I mean, you can count it as a hit for him, but he was, he was dead when it came out, correct? Um, yes, yeah. I'm guess I'm guessing the and I think, Keep like, Me In Your Heart probably charted as well. Yeah. Because it got a push because he died. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, it's something that happens to artists all the time in history that... They die? They don't receive any accolades or they don't become famous until after they die yeah um, at the very at the very least we, we definitely have a problem of, of um people are very overlooked while they're alive and then mm-hmm. as soon as they die there's this huge outpouring of oh he's of, so good of love and and romanticizing and, and, who and, they are yeah, and, and, and appreciation for their work as well yeah i get there's plenty of artists right now i can think of that um are sort of have that thing going on right now where they're 
they've been making work for a long time and sort of been overlooked. But it's still. Can support. I have some examples? Uh, no, no, you can't have any because I'm, I'm I can't come up with any right now. Oh. Um, maybe I don't have any names for you, Kelsey, but you know what I mean. Like you. Yeah, I know. You, you look mean. at someone who's. Um, I'm not sure Prince is a great example because I feel like there's a there's a lot of people who always loved Prince and like, mm-hmm. listen to his new stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like an artist, like well, because Prince made music for. The Ever. past past twenty years, and people still liked him, but he yeah. it wasn't like we didn't talk about his albums whenever they came out. But yeah. then Prince died, and all of a sudden, it's you know it casts everything in a new light. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see um, this, my argument's really hurt by the fact that I have no examples. But I do think you can sometimes look at artists now and go like, oh, but we're gonna go crazy for them after they're dead. Yeah. Right now, it's like oh, well, that's upsetting. A new a new um, a new Paul McCartney CD. Eh, it's fine. Not 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 as good as the Beatles. Not, that not, your, not as good as the Beatles. Is that your attempt at a British accent, Jason? No, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Kelsey? Poor Kelsey. What the fuck? Sweet Kelsey. You need to stop. <laughs> Just stop. Because I don't know what, what kind of accent that was. But you, but you love it. I, you want to hear more of it. All the time. <laughs> Every day. No, yeah, I think that's I think that's totally true. Um, and I don't and know I don't know if there was like much of a posthumous like reappraisal of Warren Zevon's work aside from me, like one thirteen year old boy discovering his his, his music. Well, and and me. Okay. I mean, like yeah. I didn't I I wasn't you know I didn't get swept up in the culture <laughs> of Warren Zevon. I didn't buy all the albums and listen to them on my disc man, but I downloaded that one song. Because I was digital then. <laughs> I mean, you had iTunes then? Yeah. In 2003? I had a first generation iPod. Ooh, yeah. With the buttons on the top? Yeah, I, I didn't get an iPod until they were um, mm-hmm. in color. Oh, yeah, I had, I had I was my like, non- I was like third or fourth generation. I had my non-color one for a oh. long time. And then I had jealous. my second one, because my first one, you know, was a brick basically and died um my second one was still black and white it's kind of like uh, it's kind of game boys yeah first one giant monochrome Mm -hmm. um you can't see what you can't see anything when you're trying to move the graphics on the second one were better but they were still black and white yeah i never had a i never had an ipod that was color so now that you now we've gone through the world of warren zevon in a very scatter shot yeah uh, not totally enlightening sort of way not totally enlightening i mean i feel like we hit we hit on some good stuff we had we on some high notes yeah there's some good stuff in there how, how do you how do you feel about him? We do you never like promised this was going to be educational. Uh, that's true. That's true. We're not. We're, not, we're just going to talk about that's shit. That's true. We never claim to be experts. No. Maybe do we need to disclaim that in the in the? I don't know. I don't know. That, I don't know that we're even uh, on a humorous on like a. I don't even know if our conceit implies that we we know anything about yeah, anything. Yeah, I don't think it does. Um. Anyway, your question. How do you, how do you feel about his his, his songs? Then? How do you how do you like him? I liked him. Did, I th- did you like I, him? I think I will probably get some of that music from you. Um, before, you know, I leave. Um, well, not before I leave. Wait, Ooh. like today? Maybe not today. Okay. I just assume you'll put it in my Dropbox. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah. That would have uh, been a great way to do this actually in the first place. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't do that, but. <laughs> totally did. I forgot the Dropbox existed. It's okay because it's... this was actually easier for me to get to directly from my phone and my computer's being weird. That's true. So. I made it very easy for you. Um, I think part of it is just this being back in the world of Warren Zevon put me back in that analog mind space. Yeah. 2003. Dropbox. What's that? But also, you send it to me on Spotify? Face, Facebook? What's that? No, Spot- okay. You send it to me on Spotify. What is Spotify but the modern day version of Napster? 
This is a true statement. The way it's robbing our artists. It's robbing our artists. Artists like Coldplay, <laughs> Taylor Swift, people who deserve to be making more money. <laughs> Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Jay-Z da- has his own thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> he started Spotify because he didn't think artists were getting enough money from... He started Tidal. Started... Spotify's excuse a me, Excuse me. Jay-Z started Tidal. I, uh, my brain doesn't want to believe that Tidal still exists. It so does, though, right? Yeah, Kanye's new album is still only available on Tidal. No, that's not true. It got released on iTunes. What what album is that? Uh, Life of Pablo. Okay. I think I think it finally got released not not on Tidal, um, which is a, such a perverse thing to release an album only on Tidal. Why is Tidal still a thing? Hopefully someone's listened to this in like a year, maybe two, and they're like, what the fuck is Tidal? I imagine, like, the, the last title employee is listening to this year from now. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot to shut down title. And he, like, spins around to his computer and, like, hits the delete key and finally erases title forever. I that's, hope that's what happens. And I, and I hope that employee is Jay-Z himself. Me too. I'm for I, that. I, 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 I had thought to bust out my Jay-Z impersonation, but I, I... Please don't. That seems like a really bad idea. You sure you don't want to hear it? Um... Oh, you- okay, let's see. <laughs> Oh. Wait, you switched from like vaguely English yeah, to Irish. Yeah, that wasn't even the one I was doing before, was it? <laughs> it wasn't even the one you were doing before. Oh, geez. Oh, that's not good. Oh, you're like <laughs> Irish grandfather. What the fuck? Irish grandfather. Did you have an Irish grandfather? Not. You ever have one in of those? accent. <laughs> I mean, my, my family is Irish, or half of them are. Oh. Hold the McCoys. <laughs> oh. I wish no, you know what you said? Like, you said like the freaking Lucky Charms leprechaun. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That was what you're going for. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Is that good. not what Irish people sound like? Not really. They don't love cereal. I mean, they probably love cereal. I'm sure they're humans, just like you and me. <laughs> I love cereal. Same. Anyway, I feel like we should stop before yeah. <laughs> we go. We go into a place that we don't want to be. Uh, racist. Yeah. <laughs> Against the Irish, they're fine. Let's try they, not to be racist. They, they're fine. They... Against anybody. How many minutes have been recording? Can we stop now? <laughs> uh, with that, with that, with that um, rousing bit of enthusiasm. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah, it, 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 well, it is. Unfettered enthusiasm for we sh- stuff. We should be more enthusiastic. We then. should be more enthusiastic. I would love a chair. I would love a chair. I would love as a well. chair just to paint a picture for anyone listening at home. We are on the floor right now. Um, I am just sort of, I got my legs split out as far as I can to avoid my legs falling asleep again. Because Jason's a tall person and I am a small person, so I'm actually fairly comfortable. <sighs> tall and small. Tall and small. I, I see hot. Hit him, hit him from both sides. Both sides. Up and down. Up and down. Up and down. It is weird that I can't see your face over this thing. Because I'm short. Ah. <laughs> uh, at least uh, Sarah, you wouldn't be able to see any of Sarah. That's true. Sarah would see. <laughs> <laughs> I should be looking at just the... Just the microphone right now. Just the microphone. Okay, so um, I think we can probably sign off now. Okay. Um, Just coming at you live. This has been Jason. And Kelsey. And, uh, you know, just a reminder, everyone out there. Be enthusiastic. Be enthusiastic. Like we are. Just like us. All the time. My leg is killing me. (laughs) They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up
Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me.